Hey, it's Kaylin Priest, and you are listening to the Wholehearted Business Podcast. I have another recorded coaching call for you today. You are going to love this one. This is with my dear friend, Alex, and Alex used the words at the end of this call that she experienced an identity shift, and you get to basically watch slash listen to her experiencing her own identity shift over the course of this call, which is so beautiful and so fun. I can't wait to see what she ends up doing with it. But I wanted to give you, first of all, let you know that this is a a sneak peek of what happens inside my coaching Zoom room. All of my coaching calls look totally different. They're like snowflakes. I couldn't even compare one to the next. But if you love some of these questions that I asked Alex and would love to have your own identity shift, I have one private coaching spot available right now. So if it sounds like something that you're interested in, send me a DM or an email and let's get it. Let's get you inside of it. And secondly, I also want to let you know that on February 22nd, so in about two weeks, I'm going to be opening the doors for my newest program, The Greenhouse. And I have never offered a program like this before. This is longer term support and also teachings and trainings provided from me to you at probably the lowest cost that I've ever offered. It's going to be $99 per month, or you can pay in full for the full six-month experience for $5.97. If you are on the wait list for the greenhouse, I'm also going to be offering a really fun special bonus gift for you. You can add yourself to the wait list by going to kaylinpriest.com slash greenhouse dash waitlist, and make sure to get your name added there. It's going to be the coolest container. And I'm so excited to just get so many of you women inside who have had thoughts about how much you would love to be in a Zoom room with me, but have been held back because of the price point. I want to try to make this as accessible as possible. So can't wait to get things going with the greenhouse. But until then, I hope you love this call with Alex. All right, Alex, my friend, how are you? I'm good. Good. Happy to be talking with you. Great. I am too. Tell me what's going on and what's on your mind. So something that we've already talked about a little bit about, but I feel like kind of keeps coming up for me. And so I really want to get to the root of it and dig deep down is I'm finding myself basing. Okay. Well, let me just say it this way. Like I get worried about other people thinking that I'm like, worth what I'm charging whether it's whatever offer it is based on my previous results so like I worry what other people will think like if I'm actually as good as I'm marketing myself as Mm -hmm. if only one person purchases or if yeah I feel like I'm getting really caught up in like in that yeah I get this totally tell me more about the thought that the phrase that comes to my mind is What's the judgment that you have about yourself, about one person joining one of your offers? I think, yeah, let me think about that. Like, I think some, some things that are potentially coming up are like, maybe people who have purchased from me in the past, like it was fine and good, but not like great. So they weren't willing to like invest again or like people want it and they like think they want it, but like not enough to actually buy it. So like maybe my, what I offer isn't as needed as I believe it is or 
Yeah, I think just, I think I'm making it mean that I'm an amateur. I'm not like, I think if a lot of people purchased, like people who have lots and lots of people sign up for something, that means that they're really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Okay, so let's work through each of those things and see if we okay. can get into something that feels more true or that at least feels less like less heavy on your shoulders so that you can keep yeah. and feel super confident in what you are offering. So first let's talk about the thought or the feeling of being an amateur. Tell me more about what that feels like for you. Hmm. I mean, I think like I'm constantly trying new things within my business. And so in a lot of ways, I do feel like an amateur. Like mm -hmm. there are certain things I've done so many times that I'm like, oh yeah, like I could do that with my eyes closed, but then mm -hmm. I get bored of those. So then I try new things. Totally. That feels and like so, routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then I'm like, routine. oh no, now I'm like back to like being an amateur again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for you, does it feel more true that like, for those of, for the, Will you explain what you do for those listening to the podcast? Yes. And then yeah. I'll see what I was going to say. Totally. Yeah. So my business is called Mindful with Media and I help young moms be intentional with their screens. So that's like in a nutshell what I do as far as like how I do that. That's what I keep changing. Mm -hmm. So oh. like I've done an audio course. I used to do like small group workshops. Now I'm dabbling in one-on-one -on -one coaching and I'm starting to do that. I do... I have like certain programs, like right now I'm doing an eight week program where it's like every week we meet live. So I love yeah. that. <laughs> so you're, you're experimenting with the program or maybe the process mm -hmm. a little bit. So yeah. let's, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to that in a minute, but tell me more. Do you feel like an amateur in the coaching slash mentoring that you're offering? No, like the first few times for sure I did, but I feel like I've done enough coaching now that like when I'm in a coaching call, like I feel very confident, cool. but like that. marketing it is like, ah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I love hearing that first of all, cause I think it maybe can be, I've, ex I've had moments where I've experienced slipping into like, am I as good as I think that I am or say that yeah. I am? But one thing that I really like to think is that it's not just something that I like to think. This is true. And for anyone who's listening, I think it's so important to remember that even when you are in a phase of experimenting, which sounds funny to say, because I feel like I am always in a phase of experimenting literally all the time, is that even when you're like playing around with different modalities or offers or things like that, that you bring your whole lifetime of experience with you to that, whatever it is, to the workshop, to the private coaching call, to whatever, fill in the blank. I was just listening to a podcast this morning that talked about um, a woman was watching Picasso draw on a piece of paper in a restaurant. And she saw, like, was kind of watching over his shoulders and said, that is amazing. Will you make one of those for me? And he said, sure. And he pulled out a napkin and started drawing on the napkin and he was like, here you go. It took two minutes. And he's like, here you go. That'll be $10,000. Uh, <laughs> he's like, $10,000, that took you two minutes. And he's like, madam, this took me my entire life. And mm -hmm. I really love the thought of that. Like, 
sometimes we get a little bit like compartmentally <laughs> with like, but I only have so much experience in this area, but it's like, no, you bring all the value that you have gained, all of the education that you've received, the training you've received, the experience, the mentorship for your entire life is what you're bringing to this offer. So totally. now with that said, let's talk about the feeling of experimenting in your business and okay. tell me more about what, what it feels like to you to be in the process of figuring out, or maybe this is a question. Do you feel like you have figured out some of your favorite ways to help people? I think I'm realizing how much I like the one-on-one. Okay. Like I so love one-on-one. Yeah. One-on-one is so fun. And I also like, um, group things. I think there's a lot of power that happens. Cause like when I do group workshops, I do a lot of like, um, what are those called? Breakout rooms. So there's a lot of like discussion. And I just think there's so much power when it's not just me, like sharing what I've learned. And it's not just one person sharing what they've learned, but like coming up with solutions together is so powerful. But then I think that's probably another thing that comes up is I'm like, well, if enough people don't sign up, then we don't have a group Mm -hmm. situation. So then it's like, becomes a one-on-one experience, which I like, but it's just switching the model. Totally. Okay. So tell me more about, let's talk about a specific group. Um, it sounds like you're, are you in the middle of a launch right now? Uh, not a launch. No. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I have one program going right now that, yeah, we're, we're doing it right now. Okay. So what if we do this? Do you feel like you know what you want to launch next? I would love to be fully booked with one-on-one clients. That's kind of like my next. I love it. Let's play around with that. Tell me how many clients do you want to have? Or do you know? I would love to have four total. I have one right now and I would love to have four total. Love it. Um, what does it look like to work with you one-on-one? How often do they meet? How long do they meet for? I think that's another thing where I like feel like an amateur because I initially like put out there and I was like, Hey, like we'll meet twice a month. And then, um, I use Voxer so people can message me throughout the week. But as I've been meeting with my one client, I'm realizing like sometimes every other week is good and sometimes more frequently Mm. is good. And so I'm kind of wanting to give people that option. Like we'll for sure have two calls a month, but then you can sign up for an extra two if you want. But again, I'm kind of like playing around with that. Like, and same with Voxer, like a lot of what I teach is being intentional with our phone use. And so I'm like figuring out ways to make sure that it's actually helpful and they don't feel like obligated to talk to me on there when (laughs) you know, like I want it to be like very purposeful on there. So I'm just yes. trying to figure out ways to make that the most effective. Okay. Let's talk about both. So let's okay. start with private calls. Do you feel like, so there's a lot of different angles to come at this from one is like, what, what do they need the most? But another way to come at it is what do I like the best? Mm. Let's start there. Do you have a feeling of how often you like to meet with your clients? I don't think I have a huge preference. I think it's more so on like where they're at okay. and what they're working on. Cause that's the other thing is like, well, my niche is screen time. 
I find that like a lot of people come to me about a broad range of things because mm -hmm. screen time is so integrated into everything. Like it's just this like mask for other things going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think some people it's like, I think of as like, they're really struggling with something and we're like working on something, for example, like their kids screen time or something like that. And that feels like more frequent better. And other people like right now, I, I just did like a, um, I called it a creativity breakthrough call. And so I've been having calls with people who are like wanting to be more creative and that's not as much as like a deep problem in their life. It's just like kind of helping them be a better version of themselves. And so that doesn't feel like they need to meet as frequently. I don't know. So I think it kind of depends on what they're, what we're working on. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like, so here's an option for me. I've played around with a lot of different things like this too. And I think it's important for you to know that you can keep experimenting to decide what feels good for you. Cause at first I was like, my clients are going to meet with me every other week. And then it would felt like, but I also wanted it to be sort of on their shoulders to schedule the calls mm. and they wouldn't. And then I would get all in my head of like, Oh, maybe they don't want to work with me. You know, all the things. Uh, so something that I found that feels good for me. And again, everyone can play around yeah. with this and decide what feels good for you is I like to send my clients an email at the beginning of each month and say, Hey, we're moving into the next month. Here's the link to schedule your two calls for the next month. And then they always Ooh. do. So I like, huh? That feels good to me, but it's like, you can schedule them anytime within the month. And that mm. way it's like, oh, I'm going to be out of town for that entire week. Or, oh, I have a conflict on this week. They can like schedule that out in advance. But what I started to say is that I have a friend, the way that she coaches is she basically says, you have access to me for four months and you get, I don't know how many calls. I think it's seven calls. Uh. You have access to me for four or five months and you get a certain number of calls within that time frame. And I'm leaving it in your hands to schedule them whenever you want. And so mm. I really like the hands-offness of that, of like, yes, I'm your coach, but also I trust you to be a powerful decision maker. And I'm your coach, not your babysitter. <laughs> and cool, yeah. I trust you to, to figure out when that works for you. And if it is, you need for a call each week in sequence, let's do that. So to do work on this one specific thing. And then, yeah. Yeah. Or just whenever, like, if you feel like you're in a season where you're making a lot of decisions and you would love to have increased support for that season, that month, those mm. few weeks, whatever that is, they have the autonomy to do that. That's cool. So yeah, I think keep playing around with it and figure out. I, I think the most important thing though, is for you to know in your gut to your core that what works for you is the most important first. And yeah. so if you start feeling like, oh, meeting every week is kind of a lot, you can make the decision to make a change there too. Totally. And I think with that, like, I'm in a season right now where I like, and I hope I always feel this way, but right now I like love coaching and I love getting practice and experience. And so part of me is like, well, why would I limit that if I like, I love practicing and experimenting and getting experience with this. So. Yeah. Okay. So another question just came up for me, but let's talk about boxer support. Do you okay, yeah. like offering boxer support? I love 
I love when I have boxer support uh-huh. from someone else. I love just that, like, I don't feel I have to, like, wait for, like, my next appointment to, like, interact with them. Um, and so, and I, I also like, like, checking in with my clients. I, th- I feel like, yeah. So I think as a general statement, yes, I do. I think what's coming up is, like, is this helpful? Mm. Tell me more about what makes you question whether it's helpful or not. I don't know. I guess I just need to ask my clients. Like, <laughs> I think sometimes I have felt like obligated to respond to things mm-hmm. and it kind of just takes up time where it's like helpful, but not as helpful as much time as it's taking up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What does what does a usual conversation on Boxer with a client look like? Some recent things are like, yeah, honestly, kind of conversations about everything. Like we'll have a call and talk about something. Like let's say it's like last week we had a call and um, this woman is starting her business and she she found that she was like, all because her kids are at school during the day. And so during the day, she just has like all of the time to work. And so we like really planned out her time, like how she was going to spend each hour to get more specific. And then in Boxer, she kind of checked in and was like, I got sick. And so I like couldn't follow my normal thing. And so then I was kind of like coaching through on how to handle when things don't go as planned. And so that's, that's just like an example of what's. Do you feel like, do you feel pressure? Like you have to check in on them. My, what I've told them is every night like Monday through Friday, I will respond to boxers. Okay. Do you find your, like, do you reach out to them first or do you wait for them to send? No, I've always waited for them to send. Cool. Tell me more about, there's a phrase that you said about like feeling a little bit obligated to respond. Tell me more about that. I think as a, as a client, like not as the coach, but as a client, I've felt obligated to respond. Right. Like it almost gave you like homework. Yeah, exactly. Right. Have and I've, I have made that really clear. Like this, you don't have to do this if this is helpful. Okay, good. But okay. I think I like I, one thing I heard that um, a friend of mine did is she um, only does text in Boxer, like no voice messaging. And I thought that was awesome because yeah. I think then you don't just like talk and blah, blah. And it doesn't take yeah. as long to listen to. It's like, totally. so I thought that was a good rule of that maybe I'll implement that in the future yeah. or something so tell me more about okay here's what's coming up for me <clears throat> this question for you do you feel like I think the niche of screen time and empowering women to use their phones in creative productive ways is super cool the question that came to me though is do you feel like limited by your niche that's a good question. I think I've been in a phase right now where I'm like, I've kind of figured that out. Like, I feel like the first year of me talking about screen time, like I was on the journey myself. And now I'm like, I know how to use my phone very intentionally. And I know how to help other people use it very intentionally. And so I'm not like constantly learning about that because I moved on to new things that I'm learning about. And so 
and like I said earlier I feel like I've I can tie anything I want to into screens and so I always just kind of like say whatever I want and then tie it back to screens because I really do feel like it all connects yeah so I don't know if that really answered your question I don't know if I even know for myself yeah like maybe a little bit but I like that niche still like I it's still very interesting to me and I think it's really important and I love helping people with it so I don't know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull out a spicy question on you okay do you would you feel more expanded to call yourself a life coach so I've got a lot of issues with this. Okay. This is, I think, where a lot of my stuff is stemming from. Okay. Because, and this is so interesting, before I even got like remotely interested in the coaching industry, I had someone really close to me comment on how life coaches are like, it's, it's just a dumb thing. It's like, that's what a friend is for. That's why you have friends. That's why you have sisters that's why you have a mom like that's why you have those things and that has stuck with me so much that even just like the first time I ever offered coaching calls I was like so like hung up on that and I've also had people ask me like people actually pay you for that like and so I'm I think I'm really like hung up on that and I think as I've gotten more into the coaching world I'm like holy cow there are a lot of coaches like I had mm -hmm. no idea how saturated this industry is and so I think that's what's holding me back from like calling myself a life coach mm. and I think that's probably why I'm stuck on the screen time thing because that's more unique that makes people. sense that totally yeah. makes sense why your brain's going down that track and I read like that feels so familiar to me I had a couple of experiences where I had a couple of friends become life coaches and they both went through going to the life coach school and experiences just sort of put like a sour taste in my mouth with them and so I was like yeah I don't want to be like that if that's what being a life coach is like so I resonate so much with like I don't know if this sounds true if this feels true for you but for me it was like skepticism about the industry and I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like I've found enough coaches like yourself that I'm like, okay, I actually really value this. And I've experienced enough coaching calls where I've been the coach where I'm like, this is so valuable and transformative, even though it's, you know, like I had all my doubts before. So I've had enough experiences with coaching, whether myself as the coach or being coached that I don't know if I would say I'm like, uh, skept skeptical of the industry, but I'm, I have some stuff to work through because I'm worried about what other people will think mm -hmm. about me. Yeah. Whether as, yeah. What do you think people would think about you if you called yourself a life coach? Oh, just another life coach. Like just, yeah, I think just, or like, I think, yeah, those comments that I've had, like, um that's like what a friend is for like why would she do that if yeah those are the main things coming up mm -hmm. for me have you ever which is also interesting oh, sorry no you go you go I would say which is also interesting because I had somebody else recently say to me that I'm really close to that said like 
she was talking with someone else and she was like, Alex should be a life coach. Like she would be a really good life coach. And so I'm like, how do I focus in on that and not these other comments mm -hmm. that have been made? Okay. Let's keep playing with this a little bit. The, another question that came up for me, for you is what's your favorite transformation to watch happen in a woman? Oh, so many. It's like <laughs> so fun, like watching things happen. I think belief in themselves and like seeing, I love when they're able to internalize where their value comes from and I feel like this is exactly what I'm experiencing in this call but like when a woman is able to internalize that she is already valuable and then chase after her dreams and actually achieve them from a place of like I'm already enough instead of from a place of like once I get this then I'll be enough like chasing her value I love watching that happen like because then what she experiences is an enjoyable process and like she feels better about herself and she gets what she wants I feel like that's so fun I love watching um the relationship with their children change I think that's been like a really powerful thing I love helping and guiding them to be able to figure things out for themselves like I think they often start out like coming to me for like what do I do what do I do but I love just like showing them how to like turn off the noise of all of all of accounts you're following or podcasts you're listening to or whatever and just like trusting your inner voice I like love watching them trust themselves more I love that a question that came up was this is going to sound kind of funny but just play with me on it how <laughs> I want you to like look back on your life, maybe back into your childhood or into your teenage years. And the question is, what evidence can you see that you have been a coach all along? I mean, I've actually literally been like a running coach before, like for a cross okay. coaching team. <laughs> um, I think yeah conversations with friends like people asking questions but also okay this is another thing that I think comes up for me is I think I think about like close friends of mine you know that I talk with frequently like seeing myself advertise as a coach and I think they probably wonder like I don't know because the way that I talk with friends in a normal situation is different than how I show up in a coaching call mm -hmm. yeah because of my role you know it's not like a friend's yes. gonna say something to me and I'm gonna like question everything they say yes. or like her in real time yeah yeah exactly and so yeah. I think like well I like have been like somebody that people come to a lot with like questions or concerns or things like that I I haven't always coached in the way that I do in a typical like coaching call I feel the same as that too. And I, I actually think that's a sign of a really good coach because mm -hmm. I think that means that instead of you being so like concerned about the other person that you feel like you have to coach them all the time, it's like you can see relationships where coaching is appropriate and relationships where coaching is not to say not appropriate because it's not like it's negative, but like 
that's not what that relationship is. Like, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to coach my family. There are some rare occasions where I'll be like, do you want me to coach you on this just for fun? Just because they're curious about the experience, but that's pretty rare. And so I think you make sure you're both on the same page about it. Yes, totally. Like this is just, yeah. And I think, I think that's actually a sign of a really good coach that you're very intuitive and perceptive about when you're in your coaching role and when you're in your friend role. So let's talk more about, let's talk more about what's stopping you from calling yourself a life coach. Okay. Yeah. I'm like so hung up. (laughs) Does it sound (laughs) fun to call yourself a life coach? No. It doesn't. No. Tell me why. Because there's so many life coaches. And like, what, what even is a life coach? Like, what does a life coach do? <laughs> and maybe it is I'm still hung up with the industry. That's probably still, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And maybe because like, I mean, I think the way that I've found you and other coaches has been through like, I don't know. Yeah. Just like solving specific problems. And then, I don't know. Why am I so hung up on the word life coach? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling so well. I used to have the yeah. same thoughts. Yeah. I love like, I don't know if I learned this from you or who I learned this from, but like when I'm creating content or even just thinking about my business, you know, it's so easy to like start creating things for people who have made like those judgmental comments or who have qualms with life coaches or who have like whatever maybe like past issues about certain things it's so easy to create content for them and so I'm like really worried about it but I love the idea of like creating and thinking about my business for like the ideal client that loves life coaches is looking for a life coach is you know things like that and so maybe that's where I need to start I don't know like if that's have you had a really good coach before that you paid or hired no it could be interesting to play around with like I can think for myself I I'll say it this way I was skeptical about the industry until I had a coach that changed my life hmm And then it was like, I can see why people pay what they pay. And I can see why they charge what they charge because the results, the changes in my life that my coach helped me get are priceless. Hmm. And yes, my business has grown, which has been awesome. But it's like, I I was just actually this week had a conversation with my coach who I love, who I talk about all the time, but I had a conversation with her about how my ability to be present with my kids has increased infinitely since I've started working with her almost two years ago now. And like, Mm -hmm. you can't put a dollar amount on that. And I would pay just about anything to have someone help me learn how to be present with my kids. It sounds so silly, right? It should, it's like, it shouldn't be that hard. You just sit there (laughs) and you just turn off your phone (laughs) and you can be present. And it's like, for me, I've really had to learn how to like exercise my brain I've had to learn how to empty my brain so that when I sit down with my kids, I'm not thinking about a hundred million things on my to-do list. Right. And that's just one example of the dozens and dozens of ways that my life coach has, has improved my life exponentially over time. Mm -hmm. So 
And that's where I, I honestly hesitate saying that a little bit because I think that's part of where the skepticism of the industry comes from, right? It's like, well, yeah. if you want to know how to be a good coach, then you have to pay someone to be your coach for you, right? But I will say like genuinely for me and a lot of people bump up against that as skepticism of the industry, but like genuinely having a coach that changed my life has made me super confident that coaching is a gift and that it does change people's lives. <laughs> so it could be a question worth asking for you. Like, could I benefit from the experience of not just being coached by a really good life coach, but also the mentorship. I want to like mm. look at her feet and like teach me how you help people and teach me how you help transform people's lives. I do think there is like an important distinction between trying to sell coaching to people who don't know what coaching is and trying to yeah. sell to people who, like you said, already want it and know what it is. Yeah. And I don't even, I'm, I don't even know like who, who I want. Probably people who already are familiar with it and are looking for someone. I think that then I'm not dealing with all my other issues of who I'm talking to like obviously I want somebody who wants it but as far as like if they're already familiar with coaching yeah. or not or if it's like a new thing for them I'll tell you this I think that you can take people through an experience in your content through your free content your posts your stories your podcasts all the things where you can help them get a taste of, of what coaching is because it's one of those things that is hard to explain <laughs> it's hard to like yeah describe what happens on a coaching call that's why I'm grateful for women like you who let me record sessions like this so I can like <laughs> give people a peek like be a fly on the wall to see what happens in the room but um I oh, I started to say I think it is possible to take people through a journey where they don't even know what coaching is to where they know what it is to where they want it for themselves but it's a lot easier to sell when you're talking to people where they already want it yeah and and I think you can still provide that transformation through people for people through your free content, but it is easier to sell when you trust and believe and have confidence that there are people looking for someone like you who will change their life. Totally. Yeah. Another question for you is, do you, this sounds like a cheesy question, but do you feel like or trust or believe that the work that you do with women does change their lives? I totally believe it. Like I, I've seen it. I've watched it happen. So here's what I'll say. I think you are a life coach. <laughs> and I don't want to say like, <clears throat> I don't want you to think that using screen time as an entry point for people to join your world as their coach is a bad thing. But the question comes to me, are there people who Alex could help who aren't being called in because they're having a parenting problem and they haven't identified it as a screen time problem? Hmm. Right? Yeah. What's coming up for you right now? So I think, well, kind of like two two ideas, kind of like you say, two, two ways you can go with this. I'll say them both and we can decide. Um, one, as far as like in response to that, like, how to go about that like do I change my content do I change the name of my podcast do I change 
you know, like the name of my business? Do I change? Yeah. Just what I talk about. Like how, how do I go about that? If I do decide to kind of like expand, which I, like I said, I already have been because I just talk about whatever I want and then I can tie it in. Do I kind of do like a, a bigger shift and like also change other things? Um, I'll say that and then I'll say this other thing and then we can decide which I'm going to go to. <laughs> the other thing I think is like still coming back to like how many people sign up for things and letting that like impact how I feel about what I offer and if it's worth it and and more so than anything. So like I'll show you this experience. I think we already talked about this, but like I had increased my prices like way, way, way more than I ever had before and I sold and like one person purchase and I was pretty excited that like one person actually still bought it even though I'd like increased my prices so much but then people were asking about the the result of my launch and I was like one person bought and they were like oh I'm so sorry it's like so hard when that happens and so like immediately like all the inner work that I thought I had done was like <laughs> ooh, like I just like made it mean like, oh, people aren't going to trust me anymore. People aren't going to like trust what I have to offer or like see me as, you know, like someone they can be coached by, I guess, or whatever. So anyways, I feel like that's another thing that's, or like another example is like, I feel like I've done so much inner work to, um, yeah, like when I create things in my business, whether that's like launching offers or posting things, like I'm like not looking externally for validation. Like I create for who I want to create for. And like, I really do see that the people come who are ready for it. And then I've realized recently I'm spending more time around people who are like kind of new in business. And as I hear them talk about things, I'm like, almost getting like pulled back into that way of thinking of overthinking what you post. And I'm like, anyways, that's another thing that's coming up. That yeah. was a lot. I don't know where we want to go, yeah. but <laughs> I, know I resonate with all of those things. Let's start with, let's start with this, like the thought one person bought. <laughs> <laughs> let's play around with this a little bit. So I could see two things here. One is like, yes, there's mindset around one person bought and like shifting your brain back into belief that like one is enough and that one is still in abundance. Right. But there's mm -hmm. also this other layer that I'm actually more intrigued to go down. The question that's coming up for me is, and I'm going to ask this to you in the form of a question, what your thoughts are. Do you feel like people decreasing their screen time is compelling enough for them to like get serious about investing and help with it. Apparently not. I don't know either. It's a question. Yeah. <laughs> question. It's yeah. A open because no, yeah. I, I could see like maybe there's two layers of that. Like one is that, yes, I know that I have a screen problem, but I kind of like my screen problem. <laughs> and yes. Oh, and I've totally me. felt that, seen that. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to invest in someone helping me change because I, secretly kind of like my screen time yeah versus what you are actually trying to teach them which is like the screen time is just one layer of 50 different layers of life mm. so the question the the direction I want to go with this is who is your dream 
person to talk to? I love talking with people who are ready to change. I've had some coaching calls with people where they're, yeah, kind of like you say, they're like, well, like, I know it's a really big problem. Like, you know, they obviously they signed up for the coaching call because they want to decrease their screen yeah. time, but then they're like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. So, I, but then I've had other ones where they're like, so they like love personal development. They love self-help stuff. Like people like that are really fun to work with because yeah, they're motivated and I'm just there to help instead of like, I'm like, I'm not going to convince you to change. Like you don't have to, if you don't want to. <laughs> and there is nothing more, <laughs> I was going to say painful, which sounds a little bit extreme, but nothing more frustrating as a coach than trying to help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Yes, exactly. Where, um, yeah. Yep. So do you feel like your dream person to work with? Is she a business owner? Is she a mom? Um, Not that it has to be one or the other, but just to get it. Yeah, no, I think like, like people that I have worked with have been one or the other, I would say, okay. or both. Moms and both are really fun. Yeah, I think business owners are fun because they often have this like drive, you know, this inner drive. I think there's already a lot of natural like desire to improve. So I think that's fun because of that. But I've also had really positive experiences with people that aren't business owners, but still have that like inner motivation. I don't think one thing for sure is I don't want to like push you down. Like you have to pick one or the other. You can pick yeah, yeah. or moms and that's it. And whatever decision you make is what you have to stick with. A, a phrase that came up to me earlier that I wanted to say is that something that might really resonate, <clears throat> resonate for you is the kind of the niche that I guess I've chosen is like my niche is myself. Whatever yes. I feel like talking about <laughs> is my niche. Some days it's money. Some days it's faith. Some days it's motherhood. Some days it's business. You know, I do niche my offers specific offers are for specific business owners in specific phases or they're for business owners who are moms very specifically but it feels good to me to just be like I'm kind of just me <laughs> that's my niche yeah niches Kaylin take it or leave it but um the next question that came to me this is one of my favorite questions to ask so we'll see what comes up from this if you were invited to speak at an event or a church event, a church activity, and it was a room filled with women and you got to pick the topic that you talked about, the questions are, what would you want to talk about and who would those women in the room be? Hmm. I feel like it like would change every week because right now something like that's been on my mind a lot is like I think just helping women understand the difference between or not even the difference between that these are like can coincide like mindset work and allowing feelings I think a lot of people mm -hmm. think like they're opposite when they're actually the same thing but it's just learning how to mesh them together so that's like what I've been thinking about right now so that's what I would want to talk about because I think a lot of women like feel like 
oh, I just need to think positively or like whatever, but. I'm smiling anyways. because I'm like, this sounds like a very life coachy thing to talk about. <laughs> okay, keep going. What else? So like, what that's what comes about? up. I think I do like love talking about being intentional with screens and like taking the guilt away there's so 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 much guilt tied up with like kids screen time which is usually I found like interrelated with mm-hmm. mom screen time because they feel guilty about their own and so I would like talk about just some really practical things to that take away that shame and that guilt around screens okay and- so why is it important to you for people to be intentional about their screen time? Because it makes every part of your life better. I mean, I think, yeah, like because of the emotional, often people are turning to their phones as an escape from their emotions. And so I think learning too. So this might be an interesting, I like to think of like pillars of my marketing, like some of the ones I listed off before are mine. Business, money, motherhood, faith, God, all the things. For mm-hmm. you, it kind of sounds like like your answer to the question of why would someone want to decrease their screen time? It's because it makes your life better. For mm-hmm. some of those women, it might make them a better mom. Yes. That, I think, would probably be what they would pay for help for mm. is help me to live a better life and slash or help me to be a better mom. Hmm. And if you lean into either one or both of those things as your content pillar, then it's like, we can talk about screen time as one of the things that lives under that umbrella of let me teach you how to be a better mom. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about mindset and allowing your feelings. And we're also going to talk about all the other things that you're interested in that could live under that umbrella. (laughs) But I wonder if, first of all, from a marketing standpoint, if more people would feel called in with that being the message, let me help you be Mm. a better mom. And one of the ways that we're going to do that is by helping you be more intentional about your screen time. Yeah. Like, like switching the message, kind of yeah. like flipping it. Cause I think a lot of times I talk about, yeah, like let's help you get your screen time in check so that you can be more present with your kids so that you can be more, I mean, I think like, it's so hugely like when women work with me, they're like become much more patient with their kids because they are regulating more instead of turning to their phone as an escape or they're aware of their kids emotions more. Yeah. It's like, that's what happens. So it's just marketing that instead of marketing the screens. Yes, I think so. And like, I personally would feel more called in by that message because it's like, I am over here actively working on a daily basis, how to be a better mom. Like, please tell me all how to be a better mom. Right. And you can still teach people how to be very intentional about their screen time. Yeah. So this identity shift, which is (laughs) like, yeah, what do I change? Like, as far as like, yeah, what do I change? What do you want to change? What would feel freeing to change? And it's okay if you don't want to change anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think this could be as simple as changing 
a couple words in your bio. Hmm. But as far as like, do I need to change my handle? Do I need to change the name of my podcast? I don't think there's a right, there is not a right or wrong answer. And so you can pick what feels the most fun, what feels expansive, what feels exciting and fun. But I wouldn't want you to take away from this conversation. Like I've got to like start from scratch because <laughs> yeah, like rebrand everything. <laughs> you don't need to rebrand. But just changing my messaging almost. Maybe I just start with that and then see what feels. I could see you even if you did want to tweak the branding a little bit, it would look like mindful motherhood. Hmm. It's just, yeah. It's just zoomed out a little bit. Yeah. But not a requirement. Only if that feels fun. And that doesn't have to be the thing that you choose. Here's what I know for sure. You have tools and techniques and tips and hacks and different ways to think and identity shifts that you can help women experience that will change their lives. Whether we want to call that life coaching or business coaching, <laughs> doesn't really matter. I'm like smiling to myself because I remember so many conversations that I had with my own coach and she was like, it sounds like you might actually want to be a life coach like, no no like months. and so just know if it if it doesn't feel like it's like quite fitting right now that's totally cool this is just I always like to just think about conversations that I have with my clients to almost like you know how we're talking on zoom right now there's like a border there's like an edge of the screen yeah I like to just play around with like expanding the edge of what we can see uh, on the screen right now as like a physical yeah. explain what's happening in my mind. Um, so anyways, take whatever you will from this conversation. There's okay. I'm like watching, like, did she change her handle? You know, <laughs> but um, I really love the message of you have not just like tools and techniques and hacks, like I said before, but like you are a person who, when people spend time with you, their life gets better. And that could be whoever, whoever you want it to be. Yeah. What's I mean, with- like, I think it's like fun just thinking about like, I it's good to reflect on like the changes that people have made when they've experienced coaching with me. Like it really is as doubtful as I was it really is like transformational and powerful like so yeah I think it's it's fun thinking about doing that more and just changing my messaging here's maybe this will be like the perfect way to encapsulate everything that we've talked about let's bring it back to the thought that if only one person joined that makes me feel scarcity or that makes me feel like I'm not good enough or that I didn't do something well enough. And here's a thought that I've been playing around with recently is if I only impact one person, that the ripple effect of that will impact generations. And anytime, you know, I've shared about this. I've had launches before where zero people joined (laughs) or one person joined, right? 
And I think it's not the sign that something's gone wrong. It's a sign that you're learning things that will help make you a better business owner. I think if you can get through a launch where one person joined, if you can overcome the initial like discouragement of that, that will make you a business owner who's able to change people's lives. If you can mindset yourself through that and show yourself over and over with faith that like that must have been exactly how God wanted it to be. Would I have liked something different? Yeah, I would have. But I'm just going to trust that like that one person was exactly who God wanted me to have in my world right now. And I'm going to serve that person in the most abundant, cool way as if I had 50 people in this program. And if you can get through those launches that don't go the way that you expect, you will become the business owner that can change people's lives. You that. have to get, you have to be able to show yourself back to, you might've heard me say this phrase before. I think of like, when we, I think of our brains, they have these deep grooves, almost like a record and the, the needle on the record player will just go to whatever groove is closest. Right. And so often when things like this happen, our brains default to doubt, like mm -hmm. one person joined, that must mean that I suck. That must mean that I didn't market well enough, that I didn't have the right niche, that I wasn't saying the right things. But what's actually true is that that can be an option of a way to think, which can lead to a lot of discouragement. For a lot of people, that leads to them quitting altogether. You also have the option to say, I'm just going to trust that's exactly how it was supposed to be. And are there things that I'm going to learn every single time that I launch? Totally. Are there things that I'm going to change? Probably. Are there ways that I could improve? Most likely. <laughs> I like to, I keep like a little log. Every single time I launch something, I'll like do a big journal sesh, which feels really good because it's like fresh on my mind. Yeah. I often have a lot of thoughts about things that I liked and things that I didn't like. And so I like to just bring dumb things out there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool to look back on all of my launches, even the ones that didn't go the way that I thought they were supposed to. And in hindsight, be able to say that was exactly how it was supposed to happen. Huh. How cool is that? I'm always like, note to self, trust God more next time. <laughs> right. I feel a lot less frustrated <laughs> if I really did that instead of defaulting to doubt. You have yeah. No, I love that. And it does feel so good to, I think you, you said that, like, try on that thought that like the launch is exactly how it's supposed to go. Like, and how beautiful, I think that speaks so much to why you're in this. If you can serve what was supposed to be a group program and then turn it into a private program, that says a lot about your intention about being here, that you are super committed to serving. And that you take this very seriously and you are still going to serve that person in a really cool, beautiful way where you could have just quit and said, never mind, refund, I'm done, I'm out. It's yeah. the service that you're here to offer, which is really cool. I do love it. It's so fun. Like, <laughs> it's And magical. I love the phrase, I love the saying too, like, I'm here until this works. Yeah. 
that's another little prayer that I like to, <laughs> I like to pray, just say like, Hey, Hey, Heavenly Father, I'm here until this works. So if I have to go through a couple launches where no one buys, I'll be okay. Yeah. I'm here, I'm here until this works. Keep teaching me what you want me to do. I'm listening. That's a good reminder. This is good stuff. I feel like my mind yeah. is racing with all the <laughs> possibilities and my, my identity shift. Like that's a sign of a good call. I've had an identity shift. <laughs> a really good one. And keep playing with it. I don't want you to feel like it's a road that you have to go down. But what I'm most interested in is like, what did that identity shift identity shift feel like for you? Did it feel like I have tools that can help way more women? If mm. yes, then it's like, let's lean into that direction, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I know we talked about that earlier, but just you saying that like helped me see it differently. Like, is this screen time limiting what I can offer it's a question keep playing around yeah no yeah I like I want to play about it and I love that from your podcast about the manifesting and like (laughs) creating with God so good (laughs) so good to me too so keep praying about it and and see what road he takes you down okay you got this Thanks, Kaylin. You're the best. I'm so excited. If I've ever talked with anybody about business ever, your name always comes up. I'm like, you have to follow Kaylin. She is like the best. Thank you. You're awesome. Keep me posted. And I'm excited to see what comes from this conversation. Okay. Thanks, Kaylin. (laughs) You're welcome. We'll talk soon. Bye. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening in today. Are we already friends on Instagram? If not, come over and follow me at kaylin.priest. It's the best way to get tons of free value that I put out into the world through my content and also to stay up to date on my current offers and ways that you can get more support and coaching from me. So come over, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM to say hi and let's be friends.